Thank you for tuning in to The Trisha Goyer Show. I'm sharing my heart and answering questions about faith, writing, homeschool, big family living, and so much more. I'll also be digging deep into meaningful conversations with other authors, speakers, moms, and God lovers. I'm your host, Trisha Goyer, wife to John, mom of 10, author of over 80 books, speaker, homeschooler, avid reader, and mega nap taker. I'm so glad you're here. What is the worth of a soul to Christ? Is it the same now as it was 2,000 years ago? In Pillars of Barabbas, author M.D. House shows how the times of the early Christian church differ little from our own, including the treacherous moral and political waters Christ's saints have always had to navigate with Christ's abiding help. Order this powerful testimonial, Pillars of Barabbas, on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and fill the inspiring legacy left to us by those faithful followers of the Savior, Jesus Christ. Today, I am talking to my friend, Leanne Garfius. Now, Leanne and I have been homeschooling moms for a very long time, but even if you have little or no interest in homeschooling, I desire that every listener will have something that they can take away from this episode. You see, it's impossible to be a homeschool teacher unless God schools us. Yes, us. I can do a hundred things to prepare myself for my day, including my homeschooling day, but nothing is more effective than preparing my heart first. Now, anytime we long to lead and influence others, it's important to know we're leading them in the right direction. I was reminded of this just this morning as I came across this verse. It's Isaiah 2, verse 3. Come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us about his way, so we may walk in his paths. As I read this verse, I wrote down these notes in my journal. God is present to teach us. Me, I go to him, I seek his presence and his ways, and I will benefit from being on those paths. Also, I wrote this note to myself, God's presence is good, it's paved in love, and it will lead us in the right direction. And this is so important for me as a mom and a wife, an author, a homeschooling mom, that if I'm leading others, I need to make sure that I am leading them in the right direction. And that only happens when I turn to God. So. When I mention God leading us on the right path, it's whoever I am leading. So perhaps you are leading kids, maybe you're leading co-workers, maybe you're leading fellow Christ followers through church as you're serving there, but if you are a parent, you are leading. Whether your kids are newborn, I have a two-month-old grandson, so I love that sweet newborn stage, or whether your kids are adults, we are leaders and influences, no matter the ages of our kids. So how do we lead well? Well, that verse talks about 
going to the mountain of the Lord. Now, we don't have a physical mountain that we go to. Sometimes it seems like it would be easier if we knew like, okay, go here, do this. God will come down. God will teach us. Instead, I personally wake up every day overwhelmed. My mind is spinning with all the things I have to do, where I need to go. Um, In fact, I am recording this intro in a hotel room before a speaking engagement. So you know at 3 o'clock in the morning, I was thinking of all the things I had to do. But before I can get let my mind get too overwhelmed, I need to trust that God is there and he's willing to help me. So can you relate? Do you ever have that completely overwhelmed feeling? So that's when I go and I sit before God. In the quiet of the early morning before anyone else is awake, that's when my heart calms, my mind stills, and I allow God to teach me and lead me in his ways. And it's just like this morning, as I'm sitting there, I came across this verse and I paused on it because I was thinking about teaching kids and leading kids and that God will teach us his ways that we may walk in his path and I'd love when I, these little notes that I will write down here and there, like I wrote this morning, God's presence is good, it's paved in love, and God will lead us in the right direction. But it takes me pausing. It takes me going before God and reading his word. And when that little store happens, it takes me jotting down a note, texting a friend, uh, writing a sticky note to myself to be reminded of God's leading. But of course... Like anything else that's important, my morning time didn't just happen. Instead, about 25 years ago, and I kind of <laughs> I kind of was like, wow, when I did the math, that was a while ago. But about 25 years ago, I decided to make Bible reading and prayer a priority. First, I wanted to be a writer. This is the total truth here. And I thought, oh, I don't have enough time during the day, but if I get up early... And my kids are still sleeping. I could write. And so I started doing that. And then a few days in my new routine, I kind of felt guilty because I thought, you know, I always say that I want to have more time reading my Bible and praying, but I don't make time for that yet. I'm making time to get up and write. So kind of like to to get things in the right order, the right priorities, I said, well, sorry, by reading my Bible for like five or 10 minutes, and then I will turn to writing. And the truth is, the more I spent time in God's word, the more that five minutes turned into 10 minutes, sometimes 20 minutes, if my kids kept sleeping, sometimes 30 minutes, sometimes an hour. And sometimes writing did get done, but the priority definitely became spending time in God's word. And I realized that maybe writing and everything else would go better if I spent time with God. And I saw that happen over and over and over again. I was right. My days went better with God. I started opening my heart to the truth in his words. I started jotting down notes. I prayed. My worries got turned to him. And I started really seeking God's priorities. And this led me to helping to start a crisis pregnancy center and writing projects I never thought about. And all that time with God really led me down the right paths. So my morning shifted. My priorities became spending time with God, not spending time with writing. And that's still my priority 25 years later. Yes, I admit I'm not perfect. This morning I was jotting down notes for this and uh, this podcast notes. And yeah, I didn't open my Bible. Don't worry. I still have time in my hotel room today. I'm going to 
open God's word. I'm going to spend time with him. So don't feel like you have to be perfect. Like if you mess up or you don't get your priorities in the right order, it's okay. Just go back to those priorities. So only then when I started spending time with God and reading his word and prayer and seeking his plans for my life and my days, that's when everything began to shift. God became my teacher. He led me on the right path. Paths, again, starting Crisis Pregnancy Center, to writing books, to adopting kids. Um, I, as I read his word, felt that stirring within. And God, just like he stirred me then, he is still stirring me. He is still leading me. So as wonderful as all the sounds, you know how hard it is. <laughs> Developing a Bible reading and prayer habit only happens with intentionality. And here are the top three things that we need. A time, a place, and a plan. So a time, maybe early mornings don't work for you. They don't work for me every morning. Most mornings I try to make them work, but not every morning. But at least you need to know, okay, this will be the time I will try. And then know that you can go to God during that time. So for me, I have a corner of my couch that I go with my Bible, a journal, devotional book, a cup of tea, and I sit there quietly and the kids are sleeping, the dog's at my feet, and all is right in the world. And then a plan. I've had different plans over the years. But by different Bible reading plans, devotional books, but the one I've stuck to um, a lot is reading, trying to read through the Bible in a year, which, okay, I've never once hit every day and I've never completed in a year. But again, remember, it's the plan. It's at least having a plan. So I um, actually wrote a book, Praying Through the Bible in a Year, that came out of my morning devotional time. And it is reading on those really good mornings when I have a lot of time, four to five chapters a day. Sometimes it's two to three chapters. Sometimes it's one chapter. Um, but just having the plan that I know that I'm reading through the Bible. Also, I don't complicate it. So whether it's for, you know, sometimes it was even reading it for 10 minutes. So don't feel like, oh man, I can't, I can't sit down and read five chapters today, which probably takes 20 to 30 minutes. If you can sit down for two minutes or 10 minutes, just know don't complicate things. That time with God in his word will change things. They will impact you. Um, just make it a priority. And then as we're talking about the time, the place, and the plan, know that all these things, no matter whether we're homeschooling, whether we're serving in church, serving our families, that our days will be impacted. And in this episode, as I interview with interview Leanne, we're specifically talking about homeschooling and her book, Everything You Need to Know About Homeschooling, which is a wonderful book. I've enjoyed it so much. One quote that I loved from this book is, um, she's talking about homeschooling kids, is teach the way you teach the best in the way the children learns or your children learn the best. And I love that. So think about whether it is even in your leading or serving or homeschooling, do what you do the best in a way that the people you are influencing will accept it the best. So that's just one tidbit that I think everyone can apply. And and specifically for you homeschoolers, you will love this conversation coming up with Leanne. She'll share about finding her strength 
as a homeschooling teacher and how you can find your strengths. You may be surprised to discover that some of your best teaching tools are the ones you've already cultivated as a homeschooling mom. This was like a light bulb moment for me when I was talking with Leanne, so I think you're really going to like that. And as Leanne says, God is standing there telling you you're doing a great job. And I think all of us need that encouragement. So for you homeschooling mamas out there, stay tuned. And here is my conversation with Leanne. Well, friends, I've been getting so many questions about homeschooling and I haven't done a really good job at answering those questions. We're going to be resolving that and I want to start resolving that by talking about everything you need to know about homeschooling. Okay, we're not going to be able to, able, able to cover everything in this podcast, but there's an amazing book with that title, Everything You Need to Know About Homeschooling, and an amazing guest. So let me tell you a little bit about her. Leanne Garfius is a homeschool graduate, a homeschooling mother of six, author of four books, including three on homeschooling. And her and her husband live in Dallas with their kids, where she does all these amazing things, including homeschooling. So welcome, Leanne. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here talking with you about my favorite topic. Yeah, our favorite topic, it's sometimes easier to talk about than do, though. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Today we just had a PE day and we went downtown and, you know, you just need some days like that. (laughs) Yes. But first of all, this book is amazing. Everything you need to know about homeschooling, a comprehensive, easy to use guide for the journey from early learning through graduation. And I'm holding it in my hand right now and it must be three inches thick. I mean bigger I don't know it's huge talk about comprehensive I would just love to hear generally how did you dive into so many topics about homeschooling well first of all don't get scared of the book it's not intended for anyone to read from cover to cover (laughs) so don't feel like you have to do that I'm afraid people are going to get intimidated by it but instead it's meant to be just a compilation of all the information that you need in order to homeschool confidently. I felt like a lot of us as homeschoolers, including myself, get stuck or get discouraged or frustrated. And it's easy to quit just because of lack of information or just lack of knowing what to do next. So I gathered over a period of about three or four years, I gathered all the questions I could ever find about homeschooling, asked a lot of friends, did a lot of research, Then I went to homeschool resources themselves, Mm -hmm. education resources, scientific experts, all kinds of people, and interviewed and researched and asked, what are the answers to these questions? How do we keep going? So I was really excited. I got to talk to doctors. I got (laughs) to talk to learning researchers. I got to talk to pioneers in homeschooling and a lot of curriculum publishers and authors about everything from why we should homeschool or shouldn't, what are dangers in homeschooling, what are things we could be doing wrong, how do we get started, how do we pick our materials, how do we teach, what are the Mm. basics of teaching, what are the many ways our children learn and what does the research show about that, what should our child be doing at each stage in, in relation to his mental and emotional and physical growth during that time. How, so how can we measure, is my child on track 
um, according to his own development, just all kind learning disabilities, just everything that, that I could find that had anything to do with homeschooling. And I wanted to put it in one place because I wanted it in one place. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I needed somewhere where I could just grab it off the shelf and get that information. And I still use it right now. It's sitting next to me and it's my, my copy is already all <laughs> bent up because I'm constantly looking something up and saying, I don't remember this. What am I supposed to do next? That is so good. And I love that. I mean, all these different things. So I think both of you, you and I have been homeschooling for a while and we kind of get into like, this is what works. Um, with my three older kids, it was a lot of computer-based because it just worked for them. They could read it. They could answer the questions. They could move on. They went to college. They did well. Then we ho we started homeschooling um, kids with special needs, kids that, from adoption. And all of a sudden, it didn't work. Like, what I'd always done didn't work. So then I'm like, well, this works. And then that worked for some kids and not others. And I think I'm so glad that you were able to say, well, let's let's talk about all these things. Let's explore all these options because I really even though I've been homeschooling for over 25 years I'm like okay now what, what about this what about that because every child is going to give us unique challenges or maybe learning styles are different or how we can um, you know organize our life differently I mean all these things change every year and I would love to hear so after going through all of this being a homeschool mom what overall have you learned in the process of writing this book? I think the biggest chapter of learning for me was when I studied learning styles. Mm. Everybody, I think we all think we know about learning styles because we hear a lot about visual or auditory or kinesthetic learners. But when I got down into the research, there's over 72 different models of how we learn as humans. And none of them, including visual, auditory, kinesthetic, have ever been tested on children. So all these ideas that we're getting about how our children learn are actually very, very theoretical because mm. there's no evidence behind it. But at the same token, there are some other really good models that explain more about how our children learn with their personalities, how they prefer to interact with material, how they retain um, information and communicate it back, what kinds of environments they need and how that's particular for each child. They each need their own environmental setup. So looking at all of that and then looking at my own children, it really excited me about all the ways we can help our children learn because homeschooling, you know, Tricia, isn't just about teaching our kids academic facts right now. It's right. really about teaching our children how to learn for the rest of their lives. So for me personally, the more I learned about learning, the more excited I got at sharing with my son, hey, did you know that you'll actually learn better if you're really comfortable in a recliner than in in a chair at the table. And he's like, you're right. I should do all my studies over here. I concentrate <laughs> so much better. So like silly things like that after I studied it and really found um, some tips that help all of us, including myself. I got really excited about that. I want to do more research actually in learning. That's on my list of things to do next in my life because it's really exciting. But you can take that then into their subjects. And like you were saying, everybody learns differently. There's all different ways that we homeschool and we change that often over time or from child to child. So I enjoyed looking at different academic subjects and 
the things that children should learn at each age and stage of their lives. But then what does that look like? If you're a classical homeschooler, how are you going to teach grammar to your child? If you're a Charlotte Mason student, how, you, how might you do that differently? If you like unschooling, what will that look like even different from that? So looking at each of those in all these different subjects really excited me too, Trisha, because then I realized there are so many options. It just opened my mind to other viewpoints and other perspectives and other opportunities that we have every day with our children to learn so many different ways. I love that so much. And I, you know, you mentioned classical and Charlotte Mason and, and unschooling. And I remember like when I first started homeschooling and went to my first convention where I'm talking like 94 and I was it's back in the dark ages, of homeschooling, <laughs> but I was like, what are these people talking about? Like it is almost this whole language. Mm-hmm. And I love that you talk about like, this is what this is. And this is what that is. Cause it is overwhelming. People come up to you. Well, are you going to unschool? You can use unistudies. You're going to do classical. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but that's okay. Cause now we have this great book and this resource <laughs> where you explain these things, because I love what you're saying. Like there are so many different things. And I, I, I always say like, I love literature. So I always love literature-based curriculum where we're reading books out loud and I'm a writer, you're a writer. So we love that type of thing. Well, that's great for my kids who love being read to and who love getting in historical novels. And then I have some kids, I've told my husband before, I feel like I am like Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, wah, wah. Like they are not getting it. Like me reading out loud is even if it's an interesting novel, it does not even connect. So let me look at things differently. Let me try this unit study. And it's okay. Like, it's okay to figure these things out, to try something. If it doesn't work, to try something out. Or maybe for some kids, it'll work great. And then realize, okay, you could do something differently. So I still read out loud. But I know this one child is probably not going to get a lot of me reading out loud these books. So we'll go on a virtual tour and see the place. Or we will, um, you know, do children's storybooks and and look at the illustrations and really decide what's going on in the picture and that can help that child more so I think so many times you know when people think about homeschooling like okay what curriculum and this is the best curriculum and that's the best curriculum it's like we just need to take a step back because there are are so much going on that they're all really good choices and I think that's what I've come up with they're all really good choices but what will work in our season for this time for the children that we have at the, at the levels that they're at. Absolutely. And that's something I keep repeating throughout the book. Teach the way you teach best for the way your child learns best. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of variables. Finding out what, not not only what style do you like if you feel like you're more Charlotte Mason or you really want to be textbook. It's more than that. It's finding what are your strengths as a teacher. How do you really shine communicating information? What makes you love mm-hmm. to tell it to your children or to show it to your children? What comes naturally? Where you're gifted there? Because every mom is, but we're all going to teach in a different way and with a different style. And then finding where that intersects with our child's learning where does this meet something they're interested in or a way that they learn really well and that sweet spot is where we're going to see our homeschooling it's not going to be perfect but where we're going to see things move 
a little more smoothly and find a little more enjoyment. But like you said, that means even if you really love literature, you know, finding a literary place that we love to watch videos about or going to a museum that has artifacts from that place, yeah. we can we can always find, like you said, we can always find somewhere where we match up with each other. Yeah, and I think that is the key. And uh, I love how you just said, you know, it is the love of learning. And I think it's not finishing the curriculum. It's not, you know, doing all these things. And now that I have adult kids and you have adult kids too, we can see the joy that they find in learning where we just thought it was just getting the curriculum done. But I love when they're, you know, my three older kids, they're not often together because one lives in Europe, but when they are together, someone will say, Oh, did you see this article about blah, blah, blah. And pretty soon they're Googling, they're showing pictures, they're sharing what they learned even as Mm -hmm. adults. And that came from the joy of learning, the joy of exploring things and being interested in things and saying, well, what if, or what happened then? Or, you know, all those questions is the whole point. And I think so many times when people think of homeschooling, it is like, okay, these are the things we got to get this done. We're going to fight with our child for 30 minutes to get this worksheet done. And we're like, no, don't do that. Because it is growing that love of learning instead of just getting things. And I think that kind of surprised me um, as a homeschooling mom, realizing like, I just thought it was about the finished product of this curriculum and really it is a lifelong learner so I would love to know as you're going along and going through the book what things surprised you um kind of with your preconceived notions that you had before oh um teaching strategies that really surprised me we we say often as homeschoolers oh you don't have to have a teaching degree you don't have to be a teacher in order to homeschool and that's true but i had never stopped to think about what are sound teaching strategies what makes someone a good teacher and um studying that getting out the books about how to teach and looking through them it really surprised me that we are teaching well we as homeschool Mm. moms we're as we just go with our instincts as mothers as we're cultivating this relationship between mother and child that's what makes a strong teacher they're trying to teach teachers how to establish these relationships with children how to work within the environment to give the child the tools and the setup he needs to be receptive to the information and in order to help the child um, assimilate the information and be able to apply it to his life. Well, that's just motherhood. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All of it. Creating a home environment that helps the child feel secure and loved and cared for so that then he can turn his attention to broadening his world and seeing how God created him in relation to the world around him. That's part of Christian parenting. So um, looking through that really confirmed what we all tell each other, but just showed me in black and white, we all are great teachers. We don't think of ourselves as great teachers. Sometimes we think of ourselves as okay homeschool moms. But instead, you know, God is standing there watching us saying, you're doing a great job. Just keep teaching.
FBI Special Agent Caden Denning is part of a special task force assigned to catch a serial killer targeting military families. Only he needs Ava Jackson's help to do so. When the killer turns aside on Ava, the investigation turns into a fight to survive. Best-selling author Lynette Easton's newest novel starts with a bang as secrets are revealed and the guilty are brought to justice. Purchase your copy of Hostile Intent wherever books are sold. I love that so much. Yeah, I, I, this is one thing that actually have the pages dog-eared. I don't know if you dog-eared your pages, but you're going to have <laughs> There's a lot of dog-eared in this book. Um, but it says, the question is, I get this too. And I'm like, I love her answer. Can my family handle me changing from mom to teacher, which you were just talking about? And you say yes, because your role as mother and teacher are the same. In both cases, you're training your child through relationship and then building from that relationship the knowledge and character you know that he needs for life. And I thought that is so good because we think about, oh, my parent, I'm a parent. I can't be a teacher too. Well, you're already doing it. Like if you taught them how to go potty on the toilet and tie their shoes and uh, fold clothes. I mean, we're already doing it. I think so many times we do compare or we think I'm not doing a good job. I'm not a great homeschool mom. And I love how you said, like, get that out of your mind. Like you are teaching and parenting and um, you're doing you're doing a great. I think so many times we are teaching more than we realize. But I love that you say that. I love that you give that encouragement because I know when I go to conventions or speak to other homeschool moms, I think all of us feel discouraged because we think everyone else has a perfect homeschool and is doing such a better job. When really it's like, no, you're doing great. You're pouring love into your kids. You love them. You care for them. You're, I mean, obviously for having this conversation, you care about their learning. So just give yourself more credit um, than you are right now. I think all moms need that encouragement. And you're right that we all need the encouragement that we're not perfect homeschool moms. That's another thing I went into this looking for. What Mm -hmm. is a really great homeschool? What will that look like? Even though theoretically I knew there's no such thing as a perfect homeschool. Just like there's no such thing as a perfect mom or a perfect family. But I was looking, what is the perfect model? What is it that we should be striving for? And from looking at learning itself to the relationships of teaching to how homeschooling impacts family life to how children grow throughout their childhood, middle school, and high school years, I really came to understand, Tricia, that it's so true there's no perfect homeschool because we are not, like you said, it's not about finishing our academics. It's about nurturing these children and helping them become adults who can learn things and can teach themselves things and move throughout their adult lives. So honestly, this entire week, Trisha, we're talking on a Friday, and I only finished one day of my lesson plans yeah. this week. <laughs> I'm impressed you have lesson plans. <laughs> Let me just say that. <laughs> well, I don't always. This year, I started making lesson plans just to try to keep things moving forward a little better. But um, I I made these lesson plans for four days. At least I wasn't too ambitious. Four days of what I thought we could accomplish in two hours a day for four days. And I kid you not, I've gotten 
it took us three days to get through one day of it. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth day to learn from all the mistakes we had made the other three days. So today um, homeschooling was about talking about all the things that were wrong with Captain John Smith in Jamestown and (laughs) which was funny everybody likes roasting a great leader yeah yeah (laughs) so we roasted captain john smith and then um now they found some great big sheets of sketch paper and they're drawing um what they think jamestown might have looked like and i'm patting myself on the back saying do you know what that's homeschooling (laughs) yeah this was our homeschool day today but you know what they ate lunch with their older brother who came home. So they got to work on family relationships. Two of my kids are from trauma and just saying the word family is still Mm -hmm. triggering to them. We got to sit around and they got to observe how their older brother learns, takes notes, discusses information. They're working on their art. They worked on putting things away and organizing their materials and they're learning how to remember what they've learned and how to enjoy something that really happened in the past. That's a lot of learning for one day. So getting used to a perfect homeschool doesn't mean I finished three worksheets in three or four different subjects. That's not even a good homeschool at all. A good homeschool is about nurturing those parenting relationships. So homeschooling is just it's just parenting. Yeah, that's so good. And I think when we uh, homeschooled our older kids, we brought from public school because we adopted them when they were older. You know, we sat down with my Bible and I'm like, okay. And they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, why are we like, where is the math worksheet or whatever? And I I said, this is the most important thing. Like if you, yes, I do want you to know your multiplication tables and how to do fractions, but in life and through life, this is what you're going to need. And it took them a while, like for a while, they didn't even want to listen and this is stupid and whatever. But I knew like that would be um, the thing that's going to they're going to hold inside. And even as they've gotten older, I mean, we've had lots of struggles, but sometimes they'll surprise me like, remember that verse or remember that story? Or I'm like, okay, it's in there. Like that's, that's so um, important. I think sometimes we forget that. And okay. So my homeschooling day, since we're talking about this, um, I mentioned virtual tours, which I do. We do a lot of virtual trips because one of my kids, she, she's 13. She really struggles with a lot of just me reading out loud but if you're watching a virtual trip like the guy's actually in Amsterdam right now and this is actually like Anne Frank's house and um so I started doing some I'm like well let's show Little Rock and so my morning was we went downtown we got donuts we with our my 26 year old son um one of my my 10 year old was my helper as we did a virtual trip so I did a live broadcast all around Little Rock and I explained the history of the place and the Trail of Tears and she's my little helper going along we looked at nature when we were down at the river my 26 year old did an obstacle course with his younger siblings you know and then we came home and they're like was that our homeschool day and I'm like yep that was our homeschool day because now I need to go record some podcasts but I think you know and that's not typical like we that's the first time I've ever done one in the morning and we usually we are reading and we are doing different things but it's like we were together our the 26 year old was us with us we did a survival course we were looking at nature we were exploring downtown we were like oh I've never seen this building before downtown we were looking at sculptures I mean it was our day and I could have said oh this homeschool day was interrupted because I decided to do this virtual trip for people but no it just became part of our day and we explored different things that I you know 
hadn't planned on a lesson plan, but ended up being a great day for us. And I think so many times, like we don't want to not do the math. We don't want to not right. do the science, but like you and I are saying, like there's so much more to homeschooling this everyday life and relationships and learning and interacting. Then I think when I first started on this journey, it's like, okay, tell me the right curriculum and let's get this done. And that's it. <laughs> Yes, me too. I was buying the great big huge boxes that cost so much money, Mm -hmm. but has everything in a box that you need to teach your three-year-old. And I had the charts and the classroom games and everything. It was so pathetic. And now I spend like almost no money and we have more fun Mm -hmm. and they're still doing well. I think there is that fear too, right, Trisha, that is my child going to know enough? Are, Are my kids not going to be well educated if I, you know, throw out my other notions and try to be more free or more spontaneous in my homeschooling. And well, you and I both know that from having graduates, they do great. They test great when they're going into college. They do really well in college because they know when to play, when to work, how to understand what they're doing, how to get help, um, how to do it faster. <laughs> That's what Adana is always saying. I know how to do my homework faster than anybody else does. But yeah, they learn so much, even from these experiences that we think are not academic, but just have such a huge impact on their lives and how they view the world around them. And I think sometimes we even the things that we don't even think are part of education. So my daughter's a missionary in Europe and she has a degree and she actually teaches at a university there um, part time. But her main ministry is feeding people and ha- and teaching English and having Bible study. So she makes just simple what we think American meals and invites college students to their apartment. Well, before COVID, this is what her ministry was. So her and her husband, would she would make spaghetti or tacos, which over there they're like, wow, this is so amazing. And just have conversation with people and they'd ask questions about the Bible. And that was like such an amazing outreach for her. And I'm like, she was just helping me as a homeschool mom make dinner. Like I didn't even Mm-hmm. think that was part of the curriculum and that ended up being like wh- one of the main things she uses in her ministry now and I think so many times like you said we're oh, I mean I remember being so scared when my child went to college the first time I'm like oh my goodness can they keep up yeah they did great and even one of our daughters who um when we adopted her she had an IEP an individualized uh learning plan and had been in special ed classes, and she still struggles in some areas, but she was recently tested in speech therapy, and her speech therapist is like, her vocabulary is higher than any student I've ever had, like, and I said, well, we've been reading out loud, I've been reading out loud to her for like four years from like great historical novels, so she knows all these words, the therapist, some of the words, she's like, I didn't even know what that word meant, and she knew what it meant, and I'm like, yeah, because we read books that were published, you know, 150 years ago from, in, uh, you know, the UK and stuff, but I think some, so many times we do think, okay, if it's not this, this, and this, we're not going to have good students, when really, God knows what they need, and some of the things we may not think as preparation are the preparation that he's going to use for them in the future. That reading aloud to our kids, though, it can really mess them up. My oldest son was just telling me a few weeks ago, he works in the bank, and he said he used a word like plethora when he was talking to one of his associates. <laughs> and they're like, what does that mean? And he says, oh, I'm sorry, I'm used to talking to my mom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
my daughter when she was uh, in, I think she was 11, and she was went signed up for homeschool basketball. And she t- looked to her friend, and she said, I'm sorry, your necklace is askew. And her friend looks at her and goes, what are you talking about? What does askew mean? Who are you? Are you a kid? And so it is funny that, uh, yeah, so we kind of just use these words around here that other people are like, what are you talking about? Was, yeah. The speech therapist, for the speech therapist to go to my daughter, like, I don't even know what these words mean. And you were no. like getting them. It, it made her feel really good, which was really cool. I'm like, yeah, we... like, I have to remember not to use these big words. People think I'm weird, mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, well, you are our children. So I know, I guess... yeah. like, yes, I know. I messed up your life yet another way. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, I love it. So, um, I mean, I love everything we're sharing. And I think one thing that I just want to end with is that it is about our kids' hearts. I think so many times, um, you know, we do, you know, go see all this curriculum and see all these things and, you know, math scores and SATs and ACTs. But let's talk a bit. I would just love for you to hear like about getting to their hearts and what you have learned as a homeschool mom. I think as a homeschool mom, I've learned more from them. And it sounds so cliche. Mm. I've learned more from my children than I've taught them. But really watching how my children learn and how they use it in their lives and the impression that these normal everyday activities, the impression that they make on their lives um, for good and for bad and the responsibilities that we have as parents to care for our children and to give them what they need um, emotionally and mentally as well as physically, it just really reminds me every day about how God's taking care of me, Mm. that I'm learning of him as he continues to give me not only my daily bread, but also everything that pertains to life, as he says, my breath, my my home, my relationships, um, the world around me, and how I'm learning more of him and how blessed we are. Homeschooling is so hard. Oh my gosh, it's so hard. And anyone who tells you that it's always fun is lying to you. (laughs) We all hate it almost every day, but it's like parenting. We all hate parenting almost every day too. And if you say you don't, you're lying. It's hard. It is hard. It's wonderful too. Once you become a parent, you say, I would never not want to be a parent. This is so amazing. I love my child so much. And homeschooling, just being another step of being able to see that relationship with God. God loves me so much. He can't get over how much he loves me. And that's why he is allowing me to have these wonderful relationships with my children and with learning and with books and a beautiful life of being able to share that with my family. Yeah. And I think in the midst of it, just remembering that, that, um, you know, we can lean on God. We can realize like he's caring for us. Even as we care for our kids, we can turn to him. We can teach our kids to turn to him. And that even through the messes and the hard stuff and, uh, the challenges that, that we're all still growing together. Like we're all still doing this together. If it's a hard day, we're having a hard day together. It's a good day. We're having a good day together. And I think once, especially now when kids get out of the house, you realize like it's those ordinary days that we often forget to cherish, even if they're hard, even if they're challenging, you know, especially kids that are grown and live overseas and all these things. It's like, oh man, I remember when I used to yell at them for not sitting still when I was reading out loud, but now I really miss that. 
Um, but those relationships that we have, um, I think are strong because we had all that time together. We know each other. Well, we had that time we could talk about stories, you know, we could sit around the table and talk about Chronicles of Narnia and how we read it three times as a family. I mean, all those things are important. I think, yes. You know, so I guess our encouragement is yes, it's going to be hard. Yes. It's going to be worth it. Yes. We're going to grow. Yes. We're going to change. Um, but it's going to be worth it in the end. And I love that you have written this, everything you need to know about homeschooling, that if anyone is like, okay, I'm lost, I'm stuck. Well, I guarantee your answer is going to be, your question is going to be answered in this book because like Leanne said, she covered all the bases. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. I hope it is a help. That's my prayer. After all that work, it better be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I like I said, I'm already got some little dog-eared pages in here, and I've been homeschooling for 26 years. So if I'm getting her helped and encouraged, I know so many other parents are too. Um, again, it's everything you need to know about homeschooling. Now, Leanne, where can people go to connect with you? Um, the best way to connect with me personally is on my website, lagarfias.com. If you contact me there, I always answer all my messages personally. So you can ask me a question, you can vent, you can tell me anything and I'll answer you back. And on the same website, you can find out more about the book at lagarfias.com slash everything. And I have all the links there to everywhere online. You can get it like on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and Walmart and Christian Book and Target and places like that. All the links are right there so you can get it wherever you want to. Awesome. And we'll have it all the links in the show notes too so you can get there easy. But thank you, Leanne, so much for being here. Well, this was fun. Thank you, Trisha. When is the last time you read young adult fiction? Now, I recently just finished Death by Kara Swanson, and I literally was blown away. Now, it was vibrant, it was memorizing, and I have to say, I was so impressed. Now, the story is the truth about Neverland told with a different twist. Claire Kenton believes the world is too dark for magic to be real since her twin brother was stolen away as a child. Now Claire's desperate search points to London and a boy who shouldn't exist. Now, I found myself so caught up in this retelling of Peter Pan. And even if you don't read young adult fiction like me, I think you're really going to love it. for tuning in to the Trisha Goyer Show. I hope you received help and inspiration. That's what I'm here for. Now remember, if you would like to submit a question, email it to hello at trishagoyer.com and I can't wait until we connect again. <laughs>